In Clocked In With The Press, we have top stories, sports news, and interviews. By nature, these interviews are subject to the opinions and beliefs of the participants. For objective news reports, check out the top stories or sports news episodes or our website at thepress.net. Welcome back to Clocked In With The Press, hosted at Altman Studios in Brentwood, California. In this podcast, we highlight news stories, individuals, and organizations in the community that deserve your attention. To stay updated on the latest Contra Costa County happenings, you can do so through our website at www.thepress.net or on our Twitter and Instagram at Press Clocked In. This is your host, Caitlin Gleason, clocking in. For the story of the day, we get to talk to Brandon Lawson, otherwise known as Will Sci-Fi, author of Nova's Blade. Lawson has agreed to do an interview here on the podcast, and I am incredibly excited to be able to talk to him about his story. So... Brandon, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. So to kind of start off, you know, really simple, uh, let's talk about your pen name. Uh-huh. Uh, so your your pen name is Will Sci-Fi, not Skiffy, uh-huh. Sci-Fi. Uh, tell me why you chose that pen name. So honestly, it was a, uh, it came from my dad because mm-hmm. he said you, sh- you should write a pen name because I have written in the past mm-hmm. under Brandon Lawson. So he said, you should do a pen name. So my first pen name was Eric B. Rogers. The reason why I chose Eric B. Rogers was because Eric is the name of Magneto, which is my favorite, one of my oh, favorite okay. characters. B for Barry, which is Flash. Rogers for Steve Rogers. So those That's are my, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. Yeah, I, I love comic books. So those are my uh, Magneto, Bear, Flash, and Captain America. I said Eric B. Rogers. I'm thinking that was kind of fresh. Mm-hmm. He t- texts me back and said, you got to do better than that. <laughs> so then he gives me... Will Sci-Fi. And I'm like, Will? And, and he was like, because your middle name is Will. Mm-hmm. And it's Sci-Fi because that's the genre. Mm-hmm. And I, I had never heard of that. <laughs> I'm like, Will Sci-Fi? And I'm like, that's actually nice. Because mm-hmm. cause what he was saying was, it's rememberable. It's like discoverability. Because honestly, if you typed in my name right now, Brandon Lawson, there's a you get things different. It's like a different Brandon Lawson. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be search availability. But with Will Sci-Fi, there's only mm-hmm. one Will Sci-Fi. So that's why I stumbled upon mm-hmm. that name was just because of getting rememberable. You could like, oh, Will Sci-Fi. Yeah. So you're not just going to write the sci-fi. You're going to be the sci-fi. Uh, <laughs> pen name wise. In terms of actually doing that, like I, like, I didn't want to make it seem like, oh, I own sci-fi, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. But it was just, again, it was all about like marketability and yeah. memorability. Not... In no way am I saying, like, making a statement with that oh, name. Of course not, of right. course not. But it, it definitely makes sense about kind uh-huh. of the way that it's a really catchy name and people can be like, oh, yeah, the, the <laughs> sci-fi author, Will Sci-Fi. <laughs> right. Um, so talking a little bit more about um, Nova's Blade and getting into kind of your writing process, uh-huh. uh, how long did it take you to write Nova's Blade? Oh, uh, that took, let me think. So I started it August 2020. Mm-hmm. I finished the book in a month, but then... Three months, I took a break, and then like around December, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let me rewrite this. Let me get back into it. And then that started from December until like recently, like uh, like 2022, January, where I found- That's a really long revision period. Yeah. How many times did you end up reworking it? Um, So just once, but what happened was because from December- I'm trying to think. I'm looking at the sky. I'm thinking from December to like January, mm. I wasn't writing. I was more like looking at other stuff. So I was reading Hunger Games. I was actually watching episodes of Bachelor at mm-hmm. Bachelor. Not to like say, okay, this is how I'm gonna do it, but more like, okay, let me understand what's out there so I can get an idea of what's out there so I can know what I want my book to be. So I, I see by watching Bachelor, I was like, okay, I don't want my book to be like that because mm-hmm. so, again, it's kind of like similar to that, right? So. um so the thing is, the editing, so Microsoft Word has editing time on their thing. So the editing time is around like 700 hours. Oh, but, wow. 
Yeah, but that doesn't include again me watching Hunger, reading Hunger Games, yeah. watching Bachelor, um, edit like doing outlines. Yeah, so kind just, of gathering your insp- inspiration exactly, and things like that. Exactly. So it was just um, it was just from again from August all the way till recently. But again, I was going to school. I'm going to school uh, now. I'm working a full time mm-hmm. job. So it was just like. I feel like if I did have to do those things, right? Like, cause when I was younger, I was, when I was like 2016, I was like, um, just going to school, I wasn't working. So mm-hmm. I feel like if I didn't have a job, it probably would have been easier. Yeah. Ironically, um, one of the questions I had for you was that the story reminded me of Hunger Games <laughs> and The Bachelor. Uh-huh. So I was going to ask you about that. Um, but so this way, since we've made those comparisons, though, um, why don't you give a really short elevator pitch to our audience about what the story is about? Okay. So, 32 women, one arena, a battle to the death. So, basically, women have to fight each other to get married into a rich and powerful family. And the world believes it's free will, but it's not. So, imagine if there was a show, live TV, where a bunch of women kill each other. And then, like, the winner marries into, like, some rich family. Just think of any rich family you know about, right? Just on top of your head, they get married into them. Mm -hmm. And we're like, this is so cool, true love and stuff. But... In reality, it's not. And this isn't even a spoiler. It's actually on the back of the book. Oh, they're forced to do it, but the world doesn't know about mm-hmm. it. The reason why I put it like that was because initially I was like, oh, kill each other. I'm thinking like, oh, that's kind of like cool in terms of like story-wise, not in real life, right? Right. But then my my problem with that was I was like, how can readers empathize with a bunch of women who voluntarily sign up to kill each other. Like, who, who's going to empathize with a character who says, you know what, I'm going to kill somebody so I can get married. That's kind of sound greedy yeah, and selfish. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let me throw in the element that they forced to do it. Mm. But then I was like, wait a minute, but... Mm-hmm. So it kind of promotes that idea of, you know, women being forced into a particular exactly. system for marriage. Exactly. Like that. that is... I like how you mentioned that because that's... I was, in a sense, kind of basing off of that. So I was like using real world themes in this fictional story that sounds mm. like rings like to the real world. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Thank you. Um, so to talk about your characters, um, describe some of the characters for me and the audience. Okay, so you have several, right? Uh, before I get to the main character, we have like, let me think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Okay, you have Bel Belona, right? And mm-hmm. some of these names are based off of like Greek gods, goddesses, and they kind of symbolize their. Um, their name, like what that mean, like oh, who's the god of war uh, for females? Athena and like I think Bellona. If I, I, I may be mistaken, mm-hmm. but like like similar to that, but Bellona, she's like this um girl who's pr- kind of like muscular in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Very um, she's jacked. <laughs> yeah, she's she's like like a female Ivan Drago, right? From Rocky, mm-hmm. unbeat like basically unbeatable. So it's like one of those characters where you're like, oh. What's going to happen when the main character has to fight her? <laughs> you're like, that's not happening. <laughs> right. You're like, how are you going to beat there? So beat them. So it's like that one character in all them like sports movies where they're like, oh, watch out for that person. They just watch out for them. the tank. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, or maybe like, like how, um, like in that movie, I think like with Tom Hardy where they're like fighting the MMA and they had that Kurt Angle guy, like he was just like just beating everyone. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't remember the name of that, uh, but I, I do right. know what you're talking about. So that's like pretty much her thing. Right. But thing is there's certain scenes where you kind of like, you see, she's more than just that. Some just brute. She's not one sided. Mm. It's most of the characters. They're not, they're just, they're, they kind of like symbolize their name, but there's always that backstory. Another one was Ira. So Ira is like the goddess of like, like I think like craziness or something. Mm. So her whole thing is she's kind of like you're a Joker character where it's like, yo, they're forced to do this, but she kind of like, oh, this is like kind of like a Harley Quinn. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause a few, cause I was able to read a uh-huh. little bit past half of the book and, um, Ira was just 
such an interesting character. I was like, I don't know if I like you because you're so wild uh-huh. or you scare me. Uh-huh. A little bit of both. <laughs> right. And then Lysa, that's another, that name is, again, like, goddess of maniac, but I took it to a different way. Instead of making her crazy in a sense where she enjoys this, mm. she's crazy in a way where she's like, this is like, I mean, this is this is bad. They're mm. all thinking like that, but she's just like over the top where it's like, I can't do this, I can't do this. Because mm, so she kind of like breaks because Bra- of Exactly. It. And then you have uh, Athena, Who's the um, that name is the goddess? Uh, I think goddess of war, and she's like, mm-hmm. I mean, she's not like one. She's kind of she's like feisty, right? Kind of like in a sense of like um, out there war driven, like Bellona. Mm-hmm. But there's more, like you see a lot more to her. She's not like necessarily like up front, like where you're like, oh, yeah, she's very cunning and you, very intelligent. Yes, yeah. in a sense. And then you have Elpis, which that name is the goddess of like it's like I think it's like some it's, it has something to do with like uh, harmony or something. Yeah. And I, the reason I use her character, her character is more of a where it's like everyone's like all like at each other's throat. She kind of like kind of like a stoic or like a mm, pe- you like know what a mean? diplomat. He, he, not necessarily. I'm a, that's another character, but she's mm. more of a like okay, this is what it is. You know what I mean? Let me um let me. Got it. So wh- she's like eh. Whatever right. type deal. Right, but not in a sense where she doesn't care, more like she's at peace with it. So whatever happens, she's at peace with that. Mm. And the, and then you're saying the diplomat, that's uh man, these are so many names. I don't I it, It's pretty impressive. You have all of these different female Thank characters, you. Thank all you. of them being unique. Um, but tell me about your main character. Right, Nova. So the way we Nova's cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So the way we first how we got her name was because the title, my dad was like, how about you just have the title based off the character? So I was like, okay, because originally the, the name name of the character was Juniper, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, so the book's supposed to just be called Juniper? And I was like, <laughs> no. And I was like, Nokomis, that's like a, like a moon, like mm-hmm. goddess of moon, like in like different religion. So I'm thinking, I can't just put just one name. It has to be, because if you just Google that one name, you're going to get so many things. So I was like, how about we add something to it? Blade, like the weapon they use. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, Juniper Blade? No, Nokomis Blade? And I was like, Nova's Blade, right? Because mm-hmm. I was Googling like names of constellations. So that's how first we got the name. But as far as her character, she's more of like, a, in my opinion, she's like someone who lost a lot before the show, before getting into the show. And then she has this attitude where she's more like, oh, she doesn't care about things. And then throughout the book, she starts caring about things. It's just loss after loss, especially for all of them, right? Mm-hmm. You get thrown in that situation. So at a certain point, she's just like, whatever happens, happens. But then she starts caring. Like mm-hmm. So her character is more of a person that's like, again, so for, for, because of the loss she had in the past, she's like, whatever. It's like, she's kind of like, like, in a sense, like a doomsday or like a stoner. Just You're really like, like nihilistic. Right. Like, wh- whatever. Like, n- there's no point to anything. So her getting thrown on the show, it kind of kind of wakes up a little bit like, oh, my God, my life is in danger. Because it's for, for before the show, obviously, she's like, whatever, I don't care. But by her actually seeing her life is in danger, she kind of like takes more of an action in mm. her life. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so staying on the character topic just a little bit more, who is your favorite character? Mm-hmm. And similarly, who is your least favorite character? Uh, okay, let me think. Favorite character? Let me think. It's going to take a while. I never really thought about that. Let me think. Could also just be the character that was the hardest to write. <laughs> right, right. Who was the, uh, I would say my least favorite, and I mean like main character, people who actually, I would say my least favorite character, honestly, would it be I'm sorry to say it, but um, Lysa, mm. 
if I'm pronouncing it right, it's funny. I'm well, thinking, you're the author, yeah. so you tell us how to pronounce well, it. <laughs> I, I mean, because it's L Y S S A, right? I mean, I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's how you spell it. That's Lisa or Lisa or something. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say for, she, for the people, uh-huh. how do you pronounce it? See, I, I can't say. <laughs> Make the decision. Oh, okay, Lisa, Lisa. I, right. say, I don't own the name though. I don't own the name. <laughs> but I'm thinking now, there's someone with that name is gonna be like, that's not how you say my name. <laughs> but um, she's my. And when I mean least favorite, I don't mean I hate her. That's not what I mean. But just in terms of like, if I'm looking at the show, right, even as a viewer, like, I'm talking about in the world of Nova's Blade and I'm someone watching that TV show called Last Valkyrie, I'm thinking, man, get Lysa out of here. Just because in a sense where um, like she, she appears kind of weak. But that's the funny thing about that is like there's like this backstory to her that they kind of mentioned on. So you, um, you kind of like understand why she's like that. So... I would say, again, she is my least favorite character, but again, it's like more of a sense where it's like, okay, you're kind of like, you're doing more harm to yourself than good. Like, everyone's trying to survive, and you're like doing more harm to yourself. It's not that she's dragging anyone else down. No, it's more Mm -hmm. like, lady, wake up. Like, this is your life. You got Mm -hmm. Oh, so she kind of, she can't handle it. Exactly. And it's a little frustrating. Right. So, right. And again, not saying I hate her. No, it's just that if I had to choose a least favorite character, because honestly, I think all the characters are well done and actually Mm -hmm. like all the bumps. But in a sense, my least favorite is Lysa. Or even better, the other crazy person, Ira, in a sense where... It's like, lady, what is your problem? Like, in a sense, like, you think this is a joke? Like, that would be, and when I mean least like her, it's not in a sense where I hate her. It's more like, that person is not someone you want to be mm-hmm. friends with. That's mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I would say, as I'm answering this question, now I'm thinking about maybe Ira, because again, that's not someone you can really mm-hmm. be friends with. That girl does not yeah, have... Yeah, so, so you were just sitting there writing her a character, and you write her doing something terribly, and you're like, man, how could you do that as right. you're writing it? Right, she's like... <laughs> No empathy or like, um, in a sense, it's like you can't negotiate with her. He's mm-hmm. like, do you know what was happening? But as far as favorite character, I would say uh, Maximus, her trainer. And mm-hmm. Maximus means great and like from the Romans. But just in a sense where because the world that they live in is cruel, right? You're either a victim or a suspect or you're trying to rise above that. Where Maximus, in a sense where he was kind of a mixture of both not up front, but he's a mixture of both where he went through some tragedies that's mentioned in the book. So he had the choice to become like that suspect, which he did become a suspect. He let the cruelty of the world turn him into the person who's no longer a victim, but an abuser. And then you kind of see, as a trainer, you're looking at him like, this guy's mean, he's a jerk to Nova. But then you start learning, okay, why he's like that. So you're like, oh, he's actually a good person and this is just his way of coaching and he actually cares a lot about her. Mm. So to see this over the book where you say, this guy's a jerk, then you're like, okay, maybe there's something to him. And then you finally like him. And not only do you like him, it's kind of like in a sense where Nova's journey, when she, how she's interacts with him is kind of like the reader at first they hate him mm-hmm. nova hates him then they, nova starts kind of like saying okay i need him so the reader's like okay I, this guy's interesting we mm-hmm. could use him and then at the end it's like nova sees him as someone special to her and then i feel like that's how the reader would she's like oh he actually means something because mm-hmm. without him she probably wouldn't have made it that far so that's one of my favorite characters is maximus and also because he's named after um maximus is like in the movie gladiator by mm-hmm. russell crowe which i loved but um again that name is uh, like a a real name from Rome. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a really cool character. Um, and so to move on just a little bit, um, there were some. Sometimes the character has the main character Nova mm-hmm. has some interesting expressions or sayings. Uh, two things I noticed uh, was one that she listens to quote, 
21st century classical music. Um, <laughs> and then also says, quote, deuces and throws up a peace sign. So I have a few questions. One, what year is the book placed in? It, yeah, it takes place in two, like 2100, like around 2170, so the 70s and the next century. Got it. So 2170. Okay. And then second, what genre of 21st century music does Nova listen to? So for, so I never really thought about that, but I would say it would have to be like, because so, again, I'm basing this kind of off of my experience. So when mm-hmm. I'm writing in the book, right, I'm listening to like, epic music or something like like Hans Zimmer so mm. that's like the music she could be got referring that to. um that um how to train your dragon music yeah, track exactly. <laughs> yes like by some stuff with the violin so that could that's pretty much like the kind of music she listens to like Howard Shore mm-hmm. um Hans Zimmer um James Newt and like them people who compose movies um those would be kind of people she'll be listening to okay and I like then, that kind um, of music and then uh is she because she 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 literally goes deuces to uh-huh. someone which i feel like is a very colloquial term um is she one of those people that thinks they were born in the wrong generation <laughs> I, that's funny i um I, I would say she does feel disconnected in her world when she was younger she was really connected and then after the tragedy that happened in the book she before like the actual book starts she now is like i hate this world she just looks at everything as bad so it's not like she automatically said oh i belong another decade but it's just like or century it's just that she's disconnected from mm-hmm. the world she lives in but it also plays on her awareness and knowledge because she's like um she's like aware of the culture before because there was a part in the book where i was going to have it where they were asking her what would she rather be like a gorilla or a tiger so i was going to have it where she would be like what's a tiger alluding that the tigers are extinct by then mm. so the dude had to explain to her it's an orange cat but then i was like wait a minute if i want nova to be like this smart character she should know what a tiger is because she has the internet so i took that part out mm. so it just shows that how like well knowledge she is right so she's she's kind of like a history buff like yes because she was reading this book um I don't know if it was in the advanced reader copy, but she was reading this book. It was like basically um, by the last American president. So she was reading yes. the memoir of mm-hmm. the, that man. Okay. Um, and so then to kind of move on to the next question, um, there was an interesting kind of, I don't know if I would call it a subtopic, but a sub part of this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this underlying underlying idea of what's called e-dope. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, for the audience and for the listeners is basically drugs, but they're electronically taken by USB port. Um, so my questions for you is one, what made you kind of think of this for the story? Uh-huh. And two, would, wouldn't a USB be old tech at this point? <laughs> that's a good, that is a good question. <laughs> I never thought about that. And that's a good question. Um, I would say this is one of those things where now I ain't gonna lie. Though, I'm like, I'm just shooting from the hip. Like at, for that, aspect because mm-hmm. in my mind i'm thinking okay we have drugs right we have mm-hmm. vaping what would be the next step from vaping to because i'm thinking okay if it's in the future where people are kind of like augmenting right mm-hmm. so people got mechanics in them how would you transfer like something to a human being if we're like so whatever something that allows the person to be mixed with some kind of machine so i'm like mm-hmm. okay usb like a usb port because it's like okay computer you stick yeah, the like USB. you're downloading exactly because okay. i want i wanted to put the downloading aspect to make it show how much instead of saying oh i ingested this right that's all f- like uh flesh right uh mm-hmm. physical right you ingested smoke or something but by saying oh i downloaded this it shows that line between human and machine. So the mm. po- the point of me saying e dub right e you know like mm. electronic and then also d- gigs was just to again um, show how these humans are becoming mm-hmm. machine like because you're like 
downloading. That's something a computer would do. Well, that's the point to show you that, well, these human beings are becoming like right. um, computers. Yeah. So, so people don't just blur the line between machine and human when it comes to, you know, like limbs or something like that. Mm-hmm. They blur the line between machine and human when it comes to things as simple as um, certain drugs or medications right. and things like that. Okay. That's really cool. Um, and so then just, uh, just some last questions for you is one, Will there be a sequel? Uh-huh. All right. Are you currently working on it? Uh-huh. So, oh, go ahead. Sorry about that. I think I cut you off. No, no, you're good. Oh, uh, so I do have a sequel in mind, um, but I'm not working on it right at mm-hmm. the moment. My main thing is just marketing the book, but I do have a sequel in mind. I don't know exactly the whole story, but I do see it. I mean, I have like, I do see it where she's basically kind of in a sense on the run, but also the world like you're getting more of a uh, look at the world that she was in so there is a sequel in mind yes awesome and then when will nova's blade be available for purchase oh so it's available uh it was available it came out february 1st oh awesome uh-huh. no, that was only a few days ago yes Congrats. So, <laughs> thank, thank you thank you so it's on amazon type in nova's blade by will sci-fi it's on amazon for kindle and uh print awesome um and then is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience uh, the only thing I would like to say is just thanks for having me. I truly appreciate it. And uh, any support I get, I appreciate that. I feel like um, writing the book, um, a lot of things go into it. But at the end of the day, it's all about the stuff that people give back to me. So like the ideas I get from my dad, um, the support I get from families, uh, main importantly, God and Jesus. I believe like my creativity, whenever an idea comes to me and I'm like, where did that come from? I always Personally, for me, I always want to thank God for that. Mm. So, again, this is just nothing but support and love for, like, again, for whatever, no matter how small or big, if anyone supported me in a sense of saying, congratulations, or buy it, I just want to thank, because, again, although, yeah, I wrote the book, it's kind of like when people say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes, like, a whole... Army. Yeah, <laughs> to push somebody, and I really appreciate people doing that for me. So, And I want to thank you guys, too. So, thank you very much. Of course. Well, thank you so much for being willing to come into the show. No problem. That's it for today's episode of Clocked In with the Press. I appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to listen in. If you're interested in hearing more stories, you can do so through our website or Facebook at thepress.net or our Twitter and Instagram at PressClockedIn. I look forward to speaking with you all next week. This is Caitlin Gleason, Clocking Out.